So, 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 um, I'm getting used to this new recorder I have, and it actually doesn't start recording you until, like, you start talking, but still, like, a slight delay, so I found myself, like, talking and saying, hey, welcome to the show, but it's like, it'll catch me at welcome, <laughs> you know, anyways, <laughs> just, I just noticed that in one of my last recordings, but anyways, um, This is your Monday show, and we're here to talk about uh, now which holds the highest paid uh, attended wrestling event of all time in 2023, and it's by a company that is not even five years old, is by a company that lost one of its EVPs to uh, the competition is by a company that believed in itself enough to say, you know what, we're going to put on a show at Wembley and we're going to, uh, we're, we're going to make history. And so AEW all in the second edition of all in made history the same way the first edition of All In made history. Uh, quick recap. I'm sure you guys know the story already. Dave Meltzer uh, says that it, just replying to, simply replying to a person on Twitter says no company can do that. And Cody says, me and the Bucks will take that challenge. And they do. And sure enough, um, All In's created with the help of ROH. And they break records, they make history. I believe it's going to be a, on sale as a DVD, which I'm going to get. Um, and now the second edition of All In just did it again. The newest attendance for paid pe- for paid attendance for a wrestling event is 81035 That's just it's amazing. That's huge for wrestling. It doesn't matter if you're a fan of AEW. If you're a fan of wrestling, it's huge for wrestling. Wrestling being as hot as it is right now is big for everybody involved. It's just good. And competition not only creates cash, it makes everything better. So, before we get into this stuff here, um, there are so many things. Um, uh, one, I, 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 I work overnights. So I woke up and for some reason I thought that the show would start at five. And I was like, well, that's going to be rough for me watching and getting sleep. And then I found out the show starts at one and I woke up. And by the time I woke up from work, it was like two o'clock in the afternoon. And then I was like, should I order this thing? Because I'm going I'm to I'm have missed it. And I, I, I just have never utilized Bleacher Report to the fullest extent. So I said, you know what? Let me just look up. Let me just do some research. So I looked up. App Bleacher Report. I've, I've used Bleacher Report before. I've ordered pay-per-views before, 
it was just one of those things where I just never like actually like looked, you know, because I'm so used to once again when you order through uh, traditional pay per view. Once you order it, once the event's over, you have that box in the screen, and it says copyright information, cuts off, it goes right to the commercial for the next pay-per-view thing that's next, or shows the replay, and you usually don't have uh, access to the replays. I know when I was younger, and like pay-per-view was essentially in its infancy, that um, they always would have, like, I think you could watch the first replay. If I'm not mistaken, I think you could watch the first replay, but after that sec, after that first replay, it would then cut you off. All right. Well, anyways, I'm sitting there, and at first I tried to order it, and it wouldn't let, wouldn't go through. And then I just I, I go on I go on my phone, start looking this stuff up, and I'm like, okay, you could order it if it's in the middle of the thing. Like, why would they care? You know, if it's your still your money. So finally, I got through. I went to like two more chances. I think it was just my phone just needed to be updated. So I order it. And so I'm watching it now. By the time I start, by the time I get into it, uh, so much has happened. I've I've missed so many things. I think, yeah. By the time I ordered it, I was in the women's match was happening. Um, and I have a rant about that. And it's not the rant you think it is. It's not what you guys are ranting about. Um, and what happened was, I said, you know what? I ordered this on my phone. I have the app on my. Uh, Tablet and let me like airplay it so I could be on my TV. So I did that. Pretty cool. And then I watched the rest of the show. So then I was like, man, I kind of wish I could watch the beginning, you know, because I missed so much of it. And then I'm like reading in the comments, uh, and I, which I don't often do. And one guy said, hey, can I watch the replay? Someone please answer me. And someone said, yeah, you get you have access to the replay. So I then start doing my research some more. Turns out, if you've ordered something through Bleacher Report, the app, you have access, you have unlimited access to the replay. I was like, that's actually fucking cool. So you've actually like purchased the event, so you actually own it in your library. I was like, that's pretty fucking dope. You know, like I didn't know that, and I've ordered now. I can't find. Um, it says that it's supposed to be under a tab of events. I can't find the events tab, so I'm wondering if I can when I go home, I'm actually gonna check it out and see if it's under my on my tablet. But essentially, I ended up going back and watching the entire event again. Well, watching like the last half again, but watching the first part of the event because I saw some clips and I saw like the and I heard some things about the the Joe and Punk fight and so like that. So I was like, oh, this is pretty fucking cool. So I was actually able to watch it in its entirety, and I'm so glad that I had access to it because the first time I watched the main event, I was very underwhelmed. I was not impressed at all. As a matter of fact, I was like, "Ugh, I don't like this." And I was, and I was doing so many things. I was cooking, I was cleaning, I was watching. It was so many things. So then, actually getting a chance to sit down and watch it, I was like, "Holy shit!" I feel so much differently about a lot of things. So, before we get into it, let's just recap the drama, <laughs> just really fast. So, there was a report a couple weeks ago about a spot, or however long ago, a couple weeks, whatever it was, about Jack Perry and CM Punk getting into it, and how Jack Perry uh, wanted to do a spot with Real Glass and Punk. It's supposed to be on Collision. And Punk was supposedly sent 
because Jack Perry was not being reasonable with anyone. And Punk was saying to, hey, can you please talk about doing this spot with Real Glass? And Punk said, no, we, we can't do that. It's just too dangerous. And, you know, there's gimmicks we can use that look just as good. And um, I did not know that Jack Perry is, like, firmly on the side of the elite. Did not know that. Why would I know that, one? And why would the fuck would I care? Just, whatever. So, um... Apparently, this has caused issues for both Punk and and uh, and Jack Perry. And you, and I need to say this. There's one thing I've noticed. So the elites are not saying anything, and they probably can't because they probably have to sign NDAs. But all their friends seem to be the ones speaking up, which is making the situation worse. It's making it so much fucking worse. It's like, yo, like, tell the homies to shut up. You know, it's funny because, you know, most of you guys know I'm an artist, I'm a rapper, and I, you, you'll hear this all the time about rappers. No one's actually afraid of the rapper. They're afraid of the entourage. I feel like this is the entourage now <laughs> that's starting all this shit, and if, for as much as you might want to hate Punk or like him, in this situation, he's not wrong in any capacity. So this is reportedly the story. So on the Zero Hour, if you watched uh, Jack Perry versus uh, Hook, Jack is a, a spot with a car, and Jack Perry like looks at the camera, he smacks the glass, says, look, real glass, cry me a river. So apparently at the end of his match, Punk is about to go out, because Punk was the first match on the card. Apparently these two bump into each other, and Jack Perry bumps CM Punk, like bumps him. Then he turns around and says some, some words to Punk, and apparently Punk choked him out, supposedly. And my first thought is, this is the biggest night in the history of AEW. Literally the biggest night. And this is what you decide to do. You literally could not. It's like the airplane ride overseas made Jack even. If this is true, it's like the airplane ride overseas made him even more angry. And he knew he was going to see Punk. And he said, fuck it. I'm going all in. Literally. Pun intended. Why would you do this? I. I and it's hard to feel bad for Punk because. Punk is the one who actually approached uh, Dolph Ziggler's brother. Is his name Ryan Nemeth? And so it's like, the, this is why Tony Khan needs to say, hey, you guys have gotten your EVP stash. You guys still have it. And guess what? You guys are not going to have a sit down. You guys have, a, you guys, you guys have signed a contract. So I have you locked in, fuckers. You guys will have a sit down with CM Punk. And these three people, these three supposed adults need to have a fucking conversation. Because at the end of the day, this is a bunch of bullshit. This is a bunch of... At this point, it's not even funny anymore because it's so sad. I want... Seriously, I, I would want to tell you guys that I, I laughed about this. I No, I... Because even before I heard about anything, because I remember, I woke up in the middle of the show. So I'm sitting here trying to figure out if I can order it, if it makes sense for me to order it, and blah, blah, blah. And that is what, that's, that's literally everything is covering my feed. Literally everything. And I'm like, why is no one talking about this, this these matches? Is this pay, uh, And legit, that's part of the reason why I actually didn't want to order it. Like, this, this pay-per-view must be boring if this is what it, But it makes sense because it just it's like trouble just keeps happening to Punk. And I will say this. If the elite, and here's my thing also. If the elite don't want to talk to Punk, they, they need to talk to the homies. Hey man, y'all making it look bad on us. But at the end of the day, this needs to be this needs to be done. This needs to be over. It's not even entertaining anymore. It's just pathetic and sad.
truly fucking sad. And if this is true, Jack Perry should be ashamed of himself. But so fucking stupid. But but I blame the elite for this at this point. Because they could they need to squash this. Now, if you're not going to talk to him, talk to the homies. Tell the homies to go the fuck away. Do not. We, we don't need you guys talking on our behalf. You know? And, you know, Punk is a vet, too. If he's saying it's not safe to do something with real glass, why would you want to do something with real glass anyway? Look at what happened to fucking Goldberg. He, he decided to punch through glass and end up tearing ligaments in his hand. And then he's all fucked up. And then he's out for months. And ruins plans. It's just, it just it's so frustrating. So, anyways, that's out of the way. So, essentially, zero hour. We start with the ROH World Tag Team Championships. Aussie Open defending against Adam Cole and MJF. Adam Cole and MJF get the surprise win and new champions, which made what happened at the end of the night even more interesting. Um, they people were hot for this man. They this this is this this is just what you call a happy a happy incident accident. This is just what it is, you know. They fell right into this. Also on the zero hour, FTW championship was defended against was defended for the first time outside of the U.S. Where Jack Perry defended it against Hook. Hook got the win and regained the FTW championship. Um, and then we get to the main card. And the main card started off with CM Punk defending the real air quotes, no air quotes, you can't see the air quotes, real world championship against Samoa Joe, the longest reigning ROH TV champion in history, over a year now. Um, what a moment for these two men. Punk went from not being able to main event WrestleMania to now being a part of one of the biggest shows in wrestling history, opening the card. You know, he's a big part of the company. He's one of the centerpieces of the company. For better and for worse, I guess. And just a great fucking moment. And so just to see these guys on this level is fucking awesome. Um, this match, I really enjoyed. I thought this was a banger. I, I love Samoa Joe's in, energy on it where he was saying, ole, ole, ole. I loved the energy. I, I loved um, um, just what was going on with it. There's a couple spots that are key. One spot where Punk gets caught in a powerbomb position on the outside, thrown through the bottom part of the table. And then Samojo gives, gives him the middle finger. I thought that was great. Punk was busted open. Um, the match ends when CM Punk hits the Pepsi plunge out of nowhere uh, to get the one, two, three. And uh, he wins the match um, clean. And so now they're essentially tied. Their legacies are tied, literally tied. Two, two, and one. Now, nothing will top those matches they had in ROH in early ROH. That's just that's part of history. But this is just still good to see these guys touch and still have great chemistry after all these years. Um, and Punk seemed grateful. I know he did a tribute to Terry Funk. Um, but this was great. I, I, I liked it. And I'm missing my pen. Uh, <laughs> that's why I guys keep hearing me, like, stumble and stutters because, like, I had a pen that helps me cross off notes. So like now I'm like, where's my fucking pen? I need to come back. And I am back. <laughs> um, yeah, I was lost without it. I was sitting there, I was like, what the hell? Just, where's my pen? It's somewhere downstairs, I guess. I don't fucking know. Anyways, I thought this was a great way to open a pay-per-view. Um, we already know the heat that this match has. Um, you can take the real world's heavyweight gimmick out, however you want to do it. Um, I, I just think it gives them something to do. Um, but to me, this what do you do at All Out then? You know, I, I just, 
I'm kind of like there's two matches signed for all out. Luchasaurus defending the TNT Championship against Darby Allen and Miro versus Hobbs. I know Miro versus Hobbs. I know Miro and Hobbs were in London and they had like a pull apart brawl. Like there were talents that were in London that I was surprised they were in London. Um, but I guess look here, they want to make sure everyone that could be a part of the show was a part of the show that it made sense to be a part of the show. Um, so makes sense, I guess. Um, FTR retained the AEW Tag Team Championships in a Banger of a match. Um, I don't know if it's. I don't know if anyone will call any of these matches classic that happened tonight. I do think this will be one of the better pay per views. So it may all around be a considered a great to classic pay per view just because of the consistency of the matches. But I don't know if people will will call any of these matches classics. I do feel like a lot of these matches were building to continue like a feud or continue a part of a story. I feel like it was just like the middle part. You know what I'm saying? This didn't feel like an end. If that makes any sense. But I thought that they, they look here. FTR, this is why they left WWE. This is why to have matches like this, to have the opportunity to have and be one of the greatest tag teams of all time. We, If you watch NXT Black and Gold, this is, this is what they did on a regular basis. With DIY and uh, Authors of Pain or Authors of... Yeah, was it Authors of Pain? I think that's what their names were. Um, this is what they did. And yeah, now they're just doing it on a more consistent basis. I will say this. At the end of this match, uh, they go to shake the hands of the Bucks. The Bucks walk out. So I was like, wow, that's interesting. That's the second time in like two months teams have refused to shake their hands. So uh, this is very interesting. But... Um, I don't know what what's next for the Young Bucks. I don't know. This is interesting. I, I, I have no clue. In uh, the trios match, the first one or two, you had Bullet, Col- uh, Bullet Club Gold versus uh, the Golden Elite. And you had Takeshita getting the pinfall on Kenny Omega. And I lied. There's three matches set for All Out. Uh, uh, Takeshita versus Omega is the next one, is the other one. Um, th- I remember when I saw people picking... Uh, uh, the golden lead to win. My first thought was like, Takeshi's not beating Omega at all out. So like he should probably get the win here. And he did. He actually got the pinfall on Omega. So this was, I thought this was a fun tag team match. Um, I know a lot of people were disappointed because Omega was not in a singles match. But uh, look here, man. It's just, it's just, it's unfortunately, it's one of those situations where, his plans fell through. A lot of the plans for him fell through. And you still have him versus Osprey telling a story. But that's a New Japan story. Um, Brian Danielson's out. You know, there's a lot of things that were going against um, that situation. So, to see all six of these men on this card, I think still a big deal. You know, plus you had the guns and everything. I, I just think it was for the best, that this was the way it was, you know. And it was still a fun tag team match. And Stadium Stampede, let me say this too. I tried one match of Stadium Stampede on the Fight Forever game. I don't know if my game needed to be updated or not, but, like, it was super fucking weird how, like, I was trying to, like, punch or whatever, defend myself. It kept making me jump, and I, I don't know. Has anyone else had those issues? But it was really fucking weird. And I was like, I don't like this. And I died pretty quick. 
Um, so, but yeah, I, I haven't tried it since. I, I only tried it once. But um, anyways, Stadium Stampede. You had Eddie Kingston, the best friends, Pinta, Orange Cassidy versus the Blackpool Combat Club and Pride and Powerful. Um, their first match back um, in, together in over a year. This was crazy. Everything about this was crazy. John Moxley kissing Sue, uh, which is Trent's mom. Um, Moxley having whatever those things were. I forgot the name of them, but he put in his forehead, um, chair shots, uh, Orange Cassidy getting violent, which was very awkward. It's like when you hear the rapper Common Sense cursing a lot, it's like, oh, wow, this is uncomfortable now. <laughs> Seeing Orange Cassidy get hardcore is like this is fucking awful. Like th- th- this is like this is the worst of the worst right here. It was it was entertaining. It was just so violent, and which is the whole point of the match, I guess. Um, at the end of it, you saw Eddie Kingston and John Moxley giving each other the middle finger as they're both stuck in barbed wire. Um, I'm always I think here's my thing. I'm assuming we already saw Kingston versus Claudio. Claudio got the win. I'm assuming since Mark Briscoe's out, the end game is Eddie Kingston versus Claudio. But I'm assuming that's going to be for the ROH World Championship at a ROH pay-per-view. Um, at that point, what the fuck are we doing with Blackpool Combat Club? The, I have no clue what the top matches are going to be for All Out. And that's why I'm sitting here like, you guys are expecting people to pay another 50 fucking dollars for a pay-per-view with three matches signed. At the end of this pay-per-view, by the way, they announced that they're going back to London next year for all in August 25th. If they're going to make this a traditional thing, they don't. it shouldn't be back-to-back pay-per-views. If they're going to promote this shit like this, it's just... And I'm not... I hate saying this, but the reality is, dude, you have to give people something. And that, that everybody can afford 100 bucks, for, 100 bucks in a week. I'm fortunate I can. I'm not ordering all out, though. I'm just not... Because it's like, what are we doing here? Like, three matches are, are official. And, like, the build, I'm not going to lie. I will say this. Usually AEW has really good pay-per-views. I've noticed this year in particular, the builds to their pay-per-views have been fucking weak. They've been whack. Like, outside of the Brian Danielson MJF, MJF uh, feud that led to Revolution, which is probably still the best match in AEW this year, their pay-per-view builds have been completely uh, whack-a-mundo. Now, Forbidden Door is going to be Forbidden Door because you don't want to keep having t- talent travel back and forth, especially now with COVID even COVID and other flus are like, popping up all over the place now. People have, I haven't heard people getting COVID in a while now. People are getting COVID. All, but guess people are get, also, people are getting very comfortable and getting lazy with actually being clean. I, trust me, I have stories. I'll spare you. But... um. I just feel like you can't like this. This is a good way to to to, to uh, price your your your, your talent out, price your fan base out. And then on top of that, it was announced, and I have not seen the scrum. I've only heard that they're having a pay per view called Wrestle Dreams or something like that in Seattle, and it's gonna be dedicated to Antonio Inoki. So it's another fifty bucks. I think it's like October six. It's like that's a lot now. And we we already we, we know the fact that Warner uh, T- Warner, uh, Warner Brothers or TNT or whoever WB they want more pay per views. We know this. We know. I, I assumed that that was going to be a thing that we were going to have to to get. But the builds need to be better. They just have to be. And think about this. So you have that pay per view, that pay per view. 
Then you have a month until that pay-per-view. So the build needs to be immediate. You know, like, you guys have three fucking shows now. These pay- these builds need to be better. Just saying. But the build to, the, to, this, the build to all your shows this year has been pretty fucking whack. And next year, with All In, the build needs to be better. We know the venue. We know the date. We know the site. We know everything. We should have our first match announced at, at the beginning of summer next year and build it. We just should. Just saying. Um, the four, four-way match for the Women's Championship. Let me say this. This is what I was going to rant about. They legit only had one fucking female match on this fucking card. There was no Willow, no Ricky Starks, no Keith Lee. One fuck unacceptable. Tony Khan is unfucking acceptable. These companies outside of Impact just don't know how to uh, book women. And if you think Impact doesn't know, that's 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 not true. Gail Kim and Awesome Kong brought women's wrestling, made it an Impact. You know they have talent. They were just announced today at Emergence because for some strange reason TNA decided to have or. Impact decided to have a fucking pay-per-view tonight, too, of course. Uh, Jordan Grace is actually going back to Impact, which I'm surprised at. Uh, maybe there was no no offers for I I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. I just refuse. I want to hear that interview, but I don't believe that there was no offers on the table for her. I'm assuming she went, went back strictly for fucking comfort. I just refuse to believe that there was no offers. But she's there, Trinity retained against uh, Deanna Perrazzo. Um, and so it's like one of those things where like, outside of Impact, these two big companies do not know how to book women's wrestling. And I'm not who's, I'm not worried about the finish. The finish is what the finish is. You should have known the end of the, end of the match once Soraya came out with her entire fucking family. We, you should have guessed that, hey, she was walking out with the women's championship. But, like, what are we doing here? One match? I ah. Anyways, this match contained Soraya, Tony Storm, Britt Baker, and Hikaru Shida, and and the, defending the women's championship. Um, the, the match broke down between Tony and Soraya when uh, Tony accidentally hit Soraya's family member, and then Soraya went after her, and then it just made every woman for themselves. Tony uh, ends up getting pinned by Soraya. After Britt Baker and Sheeta are like trying to fight each other in a corner, and it's like it's like a pretty smart because as they're fighting, they're distracted with each other, and now Centuria pins Tony Storm. Which uh, look here, I'm I hope this is the end of the Outcast because when Ruby uh, when Ruby Soho came out, by the way, I lied. Four matches are signed for All Out. Uh, well, technically, it's not signed yet, but Ruby Soho did challenge Chris Statlander for the TNT Championship at All Out. Um, but Ruby Soho came out to try not to get in the fight, and she got punched in the face, so then Ruby Soho left. Um, but Soraya gets the win. It's her first women's championship in nine years. She's a three-time women's champion. She was very emotional. Look here. her She thought her career was over. She thought everything was taken from her, and she doesn't wrestle very often. You know, I think this is, this is the first time she's wrestled in back-to-back weeks in a long time. I know she wrestled last week in that tape show and to wrestle now. Um... It's going to be hard for her to get her seed legs under her if she doesn't wrestle consistently. And I don't know if that's the plan or not, you know. Uh, I don't see her having a lengthy run with the Women's Championship. Um, but, okay, it's a moment. For her, 
for her family, for her fans. Because, look, her, she has the same story that Brian Danielson has, that Edge has. And for her to get this this moment in front of her home country in front of 80,000 people, that's a big deal. It just is. You know, and honestly, the match was what it was. Uh, I, I, like, I like certain parts of it. Like, there was um, a spot where Tony Storm did got uh, curb stomped. It, was, it looked brutal. The hip check from Tony Storm to Britt Baker looked brutal. Um, but, yeah, it's just so disappointing to have one women's match. Anyways, but Saray is your new AEW Women's Champion. In a coffin match, you had Sting and Darby Allin gained the victory over Swerve Scott and Christian Cage. I thought this was a lot of fun. And also, there's a follow-up. So, Brian Alvarez was reporting that he spoke to some people in AEW. And he got the impression that they were very upset with A.R. Fox that he could not travel. And it's because they, they found out last minute that he could not travel. So, look, the guy cost himself an opportunity. Maybe he didn't know he couldn't travel. Maybe he was trying to work something out. And then at the last minute, it was like he couldn't travel. Oh, look here, the guy missed out on a big opportunity here. And so we got, we got I think we got, I'm not going to say we got a better match because I don't, I don't know what it would have been. But um, it's unfortunate that Swerve had to be the one to go into the, the fucking casket. Uh, I'm sure that would have been AR Fox's spot. But look, we couldn't put Christian in there because Christian's a part of All Out and that, that whole thing. But to see Sting in front of that live crowd, Christian, Darby, it, it was great. I thought I thought everything was what I expected it to be. Darby's fucking nuts. Sting is nuts. Um, but this was good. And also to see Swerve on the, on the card, that's fucking awesome, dude. Really? This is awesome. But yeah, at the end of the day, Darby and Sting remain undefeated. Will Ospreay defeated Chris Jericho in a pretty good match. Uh, Jericho sung himself out to the ring. I think it's the first time we've ever seen that in wrestling history. Someone singing themselves out to the ring. Sammy Guevara was uh, accompanying him to the ring. Same way Don Callis accompanied Osprey to the ring. Osprey got the victory. Um, at the end of the match, there was more of a story being told. And that's why I said this felt like more of a transitional episode, uh, transitional show, excuse me. And um, what happened was Sammy Guevara was trying to like console Jericho. And Jericho's like pushing him away. He's like disgusted with himself. So I don't know what this is leading to. I'm assuming a match between Jericho and Sammy. I'm assuming. Um, but it's interesting, you know. But this was a good match. Uh, wasn't anything. Wasn't what you would normally see from Will Ospreay. He, is, he used to work with other people that are younger and have more, uh, less miles on them. But um, this was still good. The acclaimed in House of Black. For the trios championships during the trios, uh, excuse me, excuse me, the House of Black entrance, they paid homage to uh, Bray Wyatt. They had a small little lantern they put down. Uh, Renee Paquette on the pre-show actually paid homage to uh, Bray Wyatt as well, like quoting one of his past tweets about wrestling uh, being a fairy tale. I can't remember the exact quote, but check it out. Um, this was what it, what, what it was basic, bare bones, no holes barred. This was all set up to have the acclaimed have a moment with Billy Gunn. This, I'm sure, will be Billy Gunn's last championship in his career. But think about the career this man has had. When I first saw this guy, he was a, a part of Smoking Guns. I know a lot of you guys are going to say, what the fuck is a smoking gun? It was him and his brother Bart. They were cowboys. That was their gimmick. He was always a great athlete, barely could talk. That promo he kept was fantastic on Dynamite. Um they did have a run with the tag team champion. I think they had two runs with the tag team championships. Once as a face and once as heels. I think Sonny was their manager. Um, and, oh, could have been, was it once or twice? 
I want to say it was twice that they had to take towels, and it was once as a face and once as uh, as heels. Um, and then after that, he was kind of floundering. Then he then he became Rockabilly, which was a protege of Honky Tonk Man's. Uh, you won't hear about Rockabilly much, which is hilarious. And then he got put together with Road Dog, and then that's look here. They're already they're already in the Hall of Fame as a group, but that's a tag team that is going to go in the Hall of Fame onto itself uh, between Road Dog and Billy Gunn. And then he he floundered for a little bit. Then he became tag team partners with Chuck. And then they I think they ended up having a tag team title run as well. Um, he's a former King of the Ring, former Intercontinental Champion. Uh, th- then he's been in TNA. I don't think he ever held any titles in TNA. But then to get this whole new lease on life with the acclaimed and with his sons, and now to be a part of the trios champions, and he deserves, look here, this 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 act deserves it. If you think about it, once the acclaimed like lost the tag team championships, like which was the most random thing ever, but it made sense. You weren't gonna have the F- FTR defeat the acclaimed, so like it it just made sense um, to put the belts on the guns. At that from now we know what they were doing with them. Um, but essentially, they weren't doing anything. And now they had this feud with House of Black. House of Black were the longest-running trios champions by far, you know. And now you have the acclaim back with gold on their waist. And this act is still very over, you know. So congratulations to them and to Billy Gunn. And in your main event, like I said, the main event, the first time I watched it, I think it was because I was, I had, one, I had all these expectations about this turn and, all these expectations, and then when I didn't see it, I was like, I'm confused. Like, do I like this? Do I like this? But then, like I said, also I, earlier, I was cooking, I was cleaning, I was doing a lot of things, and I wasn't. My focus wasn't on the match, but like this match was everything that we've seen on Dynamite build up. You had the goofy spots. You had the 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 the, the, the attempts of I need to do this to win and talking themselves out of things because of friendship and they told a great story here so for those of you people who think AEW doesn't tell stories that's just not true this was a story they told you know they like example one spot in particular mjf was going to tombstone adam cole on top of the announce desk and he couldn't do it but then adam cole took him and tombstone him on top of it like this is the world championship on the line you know they had to you know and uh, Roderick Strong got involved, and when he went to go hand, he, when he went to go hand, um, Adam Cole the title. He says, "I'm your best friend." He's not. I'm your. First of all, there's a great sign that says, "My jealous friend Roddy." I could not stop fucking laughing when I saw that sign. But Adam Cole couldn't do it. He says, "No, go away. I, I don't need you." This ended up costing Adam Cole because he gets rolled up in one, two, three. MJF retains. MJF is trying to console him, and now we have the role reversal. After uh, MJF had lost the match with FTR when he got pinned, now it's the role reversal of uh, Cole, who was trying to console MJF at first, and he said, just do what you got to do. Now it's MJF consoling Cole, and he tries handing uh, MJF tries handing Cole the ROH tag team title and said, look, we still have these. These still mean something. They still love you. Cole throws the titles, and MJF looks, and the crowd goes, oh. And MJF says, you never gave a shit about me. It's been about that belt the entire time. You're fake. You know, Fred, what? take the goddamn belt and do what you got to do. So now his back is to Adam Cole, and he has his hands up. 
And now Roddy comes back and Roddy's like, yo, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. He's not your friend. I'm your best friend. Do it, do it, do it. And Cole picks up the uh, the, the three Bs and he's just, he's about to do it. He's about to do it. And he throws it down. And MJ turns around and says, you didn't do it. You really are my friend. And they embrace. And this is, mind you, this is after a false finish where they double close on each other and fell on top of each other for a three count. And, uh, Adam Cole gets a mic and says, MJF, five more minutes. And MJF says, no, five more minutes. Wembley, we're going until we get a fucking winner. You know, so this is after a false finish. This is after uh, we see the, the, di- the dynamite diamond ring get, go in his pinky and he puts it back in. This is after everything. And um, they embrace and my first thought, I remember when I saw that, I said, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, where do you go? Where do you go from here now? What is the main event for All Out? Like, what is this, right? Nothing was really answered except for there are legitimate, like Taz said, they're legit friends. Like, like the, and also at the same time, they make, like, like they picked the ROH Tag Team Championships up. That made them mean even more. It's like, all right, this is interesting. I wonder where they go from here. There's so many questions to be answered, though. So many. So I'm actually looking forward to watching Dynamite this week to see how they answer those questions. But yeah, they're not getting me for 50 more bucks at fucking all out. Because fuck that. This is ridiculous. Like you two and like you barely they, they just threw a lot of this shit together. Didn't they didn't make a bunch of fucking changes for all out. And now you have these matches. And don't get me wrong, I'm happy to see Miro and Hobbs, uh, Ruby Soho. Uh, Chris Statlander. Like, why the fuck wasn't Chris Statlander on this ma- this this thing about that pisses me off. One fucking women's match. Where is Chris Statlander at? Um, anyways, I'm annoyed. But anyways, um, that is your Monday show. And to be perfectly honest with you guys, I have no fucking clue what the Wednesday show is going to be this week. <laughs> I have not recorded it yet. Um, I have a couple of ideas. But I have not recorded anything as of this Wednesday. So there's nothing to plug, unfortunately. Um, so just check it, just check it out. Um, in the coming weeks, I will have more and more Wednesday show material. Um, it just what it comes down to is just I, I'm just debating on if I want to drop this retrospective of Creed that I've been working on, or if I want to like wait and hold on that. But I don't know yet. I'm still just deciding a lot of things. But I have some content. But as of right now, Wednesday, this Wednesday show I have no clue. I'll figure it out. So, anyways, I am Slow Chemical. This is I see things a little differently. This is your all out review. This is your Monday show. Y'all have a great and blessed week. Slow Chemical out.